Hey there, this is Keith Carpenter. I get to pastor Epic Life Church, and it's such a, a blessing that you're watching this today. I want to encourage you to in, um, enjoy this message and enjoy this worship and time. But I also want to encourage you that if you're listening from a different place in this city or in this country, and you have a local church that you're part of, that you invest into that local church. It's really good that we can hear people online, men and women teach and expound on the scripture. But in the long run, we need to go back to our local church and be part of that community. So again, it's a blessing having you here. I pray that this is a blessing to you and I want to encourage you to invest in your local community. Have a great morning. Thank you very much, Ani Nokan. Um, well, good morning. I, I'm very excited to be here this morning. I think um, the gathering of, of the church is just so beautiful to me, um, the people of the church. Um, I, I wrestled so much with just this text and what it means to hunger and thirst um, for the Lord and for righteousness. Um, if you don't know, we are in the middle of a series on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and so I'm just going to read up to where we are today. And so if you'll stand with me just to hear uh, just a few of Jesus' words um, out of Matthew 5, which I'm not open to. So, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Today we'll think about this statement, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Thank you. Uh, before I begin, I just, I want to pray. Um, I, I believe prayer is so important and that the Lord meets us in there. Uh, so if you'll just join me as I pray, Lord, thank you. Um, Father, thank you. Um, even just thinking about what you're doing this morning and um, just the idea of our need for you, Lord, um, that there is a lack in us that we need you. I pray, Lord, that, that today you would show us um, just the offering that you have towards us, um, that we, Lord, would offer ourselves back to you. Pray that your spirit today, Lord, would reveal your word, not mine, um, but your word, Lord. Thank you so much that, that we do get to gather and that we do have the technology that others can join us and that, that, Lord, that we do get to hear from your word today. Pray you would help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, I... Have you guys ever been, like, really, really hungry? Like, very, very hungry. Like, I mean, some of us show up to Sunday morning very hungry. Uh, that would be me. But I, I mean, there are moments that happen where I become so hungry that I become indecisive. Of, I know I'm hungry. I know what I need. But I don't know where I'm going to get food. Because that's what eventually will satisfy my hunger is food. One time, if you're familiar with Aurora in 99, there are restaurants and fast food places, but not like some of them. Not very satisfying restaurants. Um, oh, hey, look, there's a satisfying meal. Uh, la two Sundays ago, 
after service, Theo and I hop in my truck and we're driving up and down Aurora and he's probably thinking, dude, I thought you were hungry, but we're not going anywhere. And I ended up telling him, hey Theo, I'm gonna just stop at the next place. But the next place was closed. So still hungry and very frustrated now, very angry. And I just say, okay, you know what? We're gonna stop at the next place. And we ended up at this restaurant here, which is Friendship Barbecue on Aurora. And let me tell you, sometimes you look at a restaurant and you go, oh no. Just, I, I don't know. And then you look at a menu and you realize, I, I don't know any, I don't, I don't, mm. Like, I'm adventurous and I'll try anything, but some of the things I was just like, I don't know. But eventually, Theo and I would get our food and we would eat. And then this food was so good, I took leftovers home and I ate it. And then next week, last week, uh, I was like, Irene, we have to go to this place. It is so good. It is delicious. It is filling. It is warm. It is just so rich. And so we went again. In fact, today my plan is to go back <laughs> because it's so, so good. I'm serious. Um, but I, I just, I kept thinking about this meal when I was reading the scripture. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they will be satisfied. And I think there's, there's something there that Jesus is saying. There's lack. You're hungry. You thirst. Right? There, there's something deep in us that there is, it's missing. And there's only one thing that's going to satisfy. And Jesus almost promises you will be satisfied. So he's saying, I know you're hungry. I know you're thirsty. I see it. I know it. But you will be satisfied. And as I thought about just... The idea, you know, this was a really hard sermon because the last sermon I got to read from a bunch of passages. It just wrote itself. Here is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they'll be satisfied. Now write a sermon. Uh, but ultimately, I started to think about the places that Jesus talks about food, and Jesus talks about drink. And Jesus uses food and the physical things to teach us spiritual things. Um, so we'll read from John. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Where is it? We're going to read from Matthew 7. Uh, and in Matthew 7, uh, Jesus is teaching, and, and as he does, he just kind of, he's gathering people, and, and really people are gathering around him. Uh, we'll actually look at a lot of places today that people are gathering around Jesus. And he's teaching about prayer, and he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give you good things? I love this passage because we, obviously we see it and we go, yeah, like who's going to give a kid a stone when they say, hey, I'm hungry. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier, Justin mentioned that he took Selah to a restaurant, a fancy restaurant. And if Justin had told Selah, hey, I'm taking you to a fancy restaurant, and then they went to the sand pit outside and sat and, like, we're eating sand, 
that's evil and that's gross and we wouldn't do that. And we would look at Justin and say, what are you doing? And it's the same thing with God. He's saying, hey, if you ask for food, I'm going to give you food. I'm going to give you what you need. But on the other hand, Jesus is really teaching about ask specific prayers, right? If you ask for food, I'm going to meet that need. Ask for bread. If you say, I'm hungry, I'm going to give you bread. Well, who does Jesus say is the bread of life? Himself. So we're going to go into um, John 6. And now we're, we're really going to go there. Um, but in John 6, um, Jesus has been teaching. And he's been doing miracles. And he's fed the 5,000. He's performed this great miracle. And the next time that the disciples come looking for Jesus, he's not where he's supposed to be. So they go looking for him, go across the sea, and the crowds come looking for Jesus, and he's not there. They want bread again. They want to see this Jesus who's doing miraculous things. And they eventually find him on the other side of the sea. And then they start this conversation with him. And eventually Jesus says, hey, you, you were coming to me. You're coming because you want food. You want bread. You want the miracles and you want more food. I am the true bread. And so let's read from there in uh, verse 35. Actually, we'll start in verse 25. So they found him on the other side of the sea. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus said, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me. And not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And he goes on and he talks about this eternal life and this bread. And they looked at him, they said, but Jesus, even our ancestors got food. Moses gave them food, manna every day. And it's kind of this like, Jesus, don't tell us we don't want food because you, Moses gave us food. Like, this is okay to ask for. And Jesus says, no, my father gave you that bread. Moses was just the one that he used. My father gave you that bread. And I am the bread of life. He's telling them, he's, he's using this, these physical things that are happening, and he's teaching them a deep spiritual truth. I am the bread of life. But he doesn't just say that. He doesn't leave it at that. Right? The manna that the Israelites had wandering in the desert was their sustenance every single day. They would wake up, and it would just be there. And they would gather it, and it would be in abundance. And God would tell them, do not save it for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, there's going to be more bread, and more bread, and the next day. And then Jesus would go on, and he would say in verse uh, 35, he says he's the bread of life. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I'll raise him up on the last day. Jesus would continue to, to talk through this. And eventually, the crowd starts to grumble. What is he talking about? Why, what? These things that he speaks about are too hard to even understand. And Jesus would, would hear that and again hear that and again hear that. And Jesus would eventually 
look to them and just continue. He wouldn't just be like, hey, I get it, you're confused. Like, we'll just come back tomorrow. Like, we'll, we'll keep this dialogue going. He, he steps further into his teaching. So much so that the crowds, sadly, they walk away. They don't get it and they don't want to get it. They just walk away. And then Jesus turns to his 12 disciples. He just says, hey, are you going to leave too? Are you, are you gone as well? And one of my favorite passages, something that, that really has just resonated in my soul even this year, um, is Simon Peter's answer. In John six sixty eight. he says, Lord, to whom would we go? Who would we go to? You have the words that have eternal life. And there's two things that are happening here. There is this idea of, Lord, where else are we going to go? Like, who else? We've seen you do the miracles. We've seen you teach. We've seen you, you know, perform these things. We've seen you heal the sick and the blind, and we get that. But you have words that have eternal life. But if you remember, they also understand his teaching that everyone else walked away from. It was too hard to understand. Simon Peter just says, Lord, you're the, you're the, one, you're the one who has eternal life. You have the words. You're the daily, the daily bread we need. He starts piecing that together. And then, actually, I was supposed to do this earlier, but it's okay. It's out of order. It's all great. John 4. If you know anything about John 4, this is the woman at the well. Uh, it's a very, a very uh, popular story out of the Gospels. It's one that's very um, powerful. The woman at the well. Jesus uh, is actually on his way through town again after having performed miracles and teaching and, and he's tired. It's the middle of the day and he comes to the well. He meets this woman. They get into an exchange about the water. Hey, I'm thirsty. Can, could you hand me a drink? You ask me, a Samaritan woman, who the Jewish people did not get along. There was some tension there, like real tension. So much so they wouldn't, they wouldn't, like the fact that he was going through this town is just really, really weird. Like it doesn't make sense. It's stunning to this woman. Why do you ask me for a drink? And then Jesus flips that on her. Says, hey, if you knew who I was, he's not even worried about the water anymore, if you read. He says, hey, if you knew who I was, and you knew the water I had, you would ask me for this water. And he describes the water as that which would well up as a, a spring in her. I have that water. You would ask for it if you knew that I had it. And as I think about, again, back to that, I hunger, though blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what I think about. Those are the two places that, like, Jesus says, hey, I have this. I'm the bread of life. I have the words of eternity. Hey, if you knew, I know you're thirsty, I'm thirsty. This physical need, I'm thirsty, I lack. But also if you knew. Because the, the story of the woman at the well is that she's there in the middle of the day in shame because that's when no one else is there. It's too hot to get water. You're going to waste your trip, and you're going to be very tired by the time you get to wherever it is you need to bring the water. And what's interesting is this woman's answer. 
to Jesus in their discourse. She says, sir, where is this water? Where is this water? Give me this water so that I don't have to come to this well anymore. So I don't have to come and get water from here. There was shame and there was this just the hardship of life to come and find the waters to quench her thirst. What do, what do we do that with life? And I thought about this long and hard. Where do I, where do I, if, I, if I'm not looking to the well that Jesus says, I'm the spring of life, where do I go that I have to, okay, maybe if I go over here, right? maybe if I go over here, this is where the water is, and I'll, I'll put the effort in, I'll lower the rope, I'll lower the bucket, and I'll bring up water. I don't know if it's good water, but I gotta put an effort to go get it. Or maybe it's, it's over here, and, and again, I'll lower the bucket and maybe this is where I'll get good, clean water that will refresh my soul, right? Quench this parched thirst. This tongue that, that right? Like even right now, I need water. And that wasn't planned. That just... But the truth is, this, this need and this lack where, where will I go to find it? And, and the woman says, where? Where is this water so that I don't have to always go to this well, put in the effort and take it back because it's just too hard every day or every week or however long it, that water would last them? I don't know. I wasn't there. But that's the hunger and thirst for what? For righteousness. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness who know that it's lacking, that the world around us is lacking in righteousness, that the life that we live, there is lack of righteousness. And that word is important. That word is a word that was used inside of Jewish context. And it it was a righteousness that came not only from God, but of God. So this isn't just like, all right, I did the right thing. Like this is no, the standard was God and it was him. And looking out, we, it's not hard to look out this year, this last week. It's not hard to look out and see that there is a lack of rightness, a lack of justice, a lack of good. The world is broken. And, and that it's not, it's the fault of sin and the fault of evil, but it's there and there is a lack of rightness and goodness and justice. And Jesus says to his disciples in the middle of the crowd, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for this. This is the thing they seek. This is what they're, they're looking to put effort to, to find God's righteousness, God's justice. And then he tells them because they will be satisfied. And I think if we're not careful, if I'm not careful, I can read that and go, what do you mean? Because as I'm working and I, as I'm putting effort, I don't see that, Lord. There's just too much. I can't do it all. I can't put in the effort to change everything that when I see it breaks my heart. And I'm just a, a simple man. What do you mean we'll be satisfied? And I kept just thinking and praying, and, and Lord, how, how? 
with everything that's gone on in the world, with everything that's gone on in Seattle, with everything that I can wake up, walk two blocks and see with my own eyes, what do you mean? And while I don't know that Jesus was promising physical sustenance and satisfaction, I do know from the rest of the story of scripture that there's going to be an ultimate satisfaction and it's in Jesus. And he says, I'm the bread of life. Eat of me every single day. I have the water. I offer it to you. If you knew who I was and the gift that I have, you would ask me for it and you would never thirst again. And that's the scary thing, right? Because Jesus says you'll never thirst again and you'll never beat hunger. Why? Because I think what Jesus is really saying isn't you'll never be hungry again. I think what he's saying is you don't have to be. You don't have to be hungry. You don't have to go thirsty. You don't have to long for these things over long stretches of time. I'm not saying life isn't going to get difficult. I'm saying that Jesus will be there offering drink, offering food. We know where to look, right? The woman, where is this water? So I don't have to come to this well anymore. Because Jesus says, it will be like a wellspring in you. So wherever you find yourself, you don't have to thirst anymore. Wherever you find yourself in the desert, there's bread on the ground. Just pick it up. And it'll be there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And I kept thinking and I kept thinking and I kept just wrestling with this. And eventually I remembered um, words in Revelation. I should know what Revelation is. It's at the end of the book and I have a pen here. But in Revelation 19, John is receiving this just vision. And he's told to write everything down. And in, at, towards the end of that in Revelation 19 verse 7... Let us rejoice and exult and give him, Jesus, the glory. For the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. And the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the lamb. And the angel added... These are the true words that come from God. I don't know about you, but like I, I get hungry and thirsty as I look out, even this last week, brokenness from, from even the people of God, because this is who Jesus is talking to, people who are under Roman rule and reign, people who are going into, as later we'll see in the scripture, the people of God who are supposed to, to be living out the standard of God and they're not. Jesus is saying, you will be satisfied. And at this marriage feast, I don't know if it's a real feast. I really don't. What I do know is that Jesus had told us that he is the bread and the, and the water. He has food and drink as we thirst. And as we cry out to him, even going back to who would give their children a stone if they asked for bread? And he says to his people, to us, the children of God, 
ask. Just ask. I'm ready and willing. And one day, all of this will be done forever. And forever and ever, we will sit. We will drink and we will eat and we'll be merry with the Lord forever and ever. There's a, a song this morning, I, I woke up and I, I was just, Lord, I don't even know how today's gonna go. Like I, I just, wrestling with the scripture, I don't know how long this thing is. I practice it as like 15 minutes. But I just woke up and, and there's a playlist um, that I, I helped put together, just people all over the country of just hope, hope and encouragement and prayers. So we could all, in the time of just a year where there's not a whole lot of hope as we look out, if we're not careful, there's plenty of opportunities I've learned. But there's a song by Switchfoot that I love, and uh, Justin was kind of upset that I didn't ask him to play, play it for us this morning. Um, it's up here. Go ahead and throw it up. I was trying to read it off. Uh, but there's these lyrics, and th this song is very... Just, I love it because it holds tension. Um, in fact, the forget that real quick. One of the lines is, um, "I." And it opens this way: "I am the sea on a moonless night, calling, falling, slipping tides. I am the leaky, dripping pipes, the endless, aching drops of lights. I am the raindrop falling down, always longing for the deeper ground." I am the broken, breaking seas. Even my blood finds ways to bleed. There's tension, right? The song, Restless, I'm restless. There's tension. There, there is this place that I know is, it's not where I am. This isn't my final place. There's, there's something else, right? The, the, the water that just can't stay in the pipe, and I know that's frustrating, Right, I, I'm the tides that just continue to move and can't find their final rest. I just, I feel this restlessness. And if you paid attention at all to the world this year, you feel that tension and that restlessness. And as, as Christ followers, as those who would sit at his feet to, to listen and to learn and to, to grow as a student, as a disciple of him, they would feel it too. And we would feel it too. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. The song, there's a bridge that just changes. And it's until the sea of glass we meet, at last completed and complete. The tide of tear and pain subside and laughter drinks them dry. I'll be waiting, anticipating all that I aim for, what I was made for. With every heartbeat, all of my blood bleeds. Running inside me, looking for you. Looking for you, Jesus. And all he says is, ask, and you shall receive. And one day, you can put the picture of that bull. One day, we'll, uh, we'll get to eat. We'll just get to eat forever and ever and ever. <laughs> And we won't have to wait until every other Sunday. <laughs> but we'll get to eat so delicious, the richness of the meal that is food and drink. 
I hope that this is at the marriage feast. I really do, please. I really do. But one day we will be satisfied. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's so hard, but one day we'll be satisfied. Let's pray.